Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show. <laughs> it's 1994 week at FThisMovie.com. We are celebrating the films of 1994 all week long in the run-up to F This Movie Fest on Saturday, February 24th. Which means it's time for our annual year show retrospective. <laughs> this is the 1994 show. We're counting down our favorite movies in 1994, which means I'm joined for this very special annual episode <laughs> by my beautiful wife, Erica Bromley, giggling on the mic. <laughs> I've never done that before. Gigging on the ones and twos. <laughs> Hi, babe. Hi. You're always super excited. Yes. For every podcast that you record here of course at I this am. movie. Of course. <laughs> I'm talking about movies with all my favorite people. Aww. What's not to be excited about? Right. That's exactly right. <clears throat> Happy 1994 week. Thanks. We didn't know each other in 1994. No, we did not. We were still three years away from our fateful meeting. Three years away? Yes, we really? met in 97. I oh. swear. <laughs> I feel like we have had this conversation even like in real Probably, life uh, and yes. also on, and the, on podcast. the podcast where you cannot remember our biography. <laughs> so we met in 97? Yeah. But we didn't really know each other that well. Correct. And then we became friends later. Correct. Like a year later. Okay. okay. 98 is really? when we Okay. Yeah. Okay. That became makes, besties. That makes, besties? Yes. Aww. And then we fell in love Aww. and here we are. Married almost 20 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This year will be 20 years, everyone. Uh, send wood gifts is 20 is that, years wood. No, you should look that up before paper. you announce that. Please also don't send any no, of those I'm gifts. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we don't want anything. I, well, I was going to have them sent to an email address, so nobody oh. was actually sending anything. Don't <laughs> send worry. them to the email address for the podcast, yes. Send, I think, you know what? Oh, no, I think for 20 years it's... Cash? Oh, Is that okay. how it's pronounced? Yes. C-A-S-H. Cash to our email. Cash money. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, what should we do for our 20th? I don't know. We could talk about that. We off, should watch six off, movies from 1994. I was going to say off camera. We're not on camera. On Saturday, February 24th. Yes! It's at this movie fest. I don't know, 13, 14. Let's have an anniversary fest like, okay. where we can talk to our friends online. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's exciting. This Saturday. Six movies from 1994. We're starting with The Mask at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Followed, oh gosh, I should be able to do this from memory. Oh, come on, babe. By a second movie. It is. It's probably an action movie. You know It's how Stargate. It uh, Stargate at noon. And then... Terminal velocity? No, I don't think so. I can't remember the order right now, and uh, I can't believe that you are blanking on the order. Listen, I have a lot of things in my head. I it know. is terminal velocity. Okay. I was right. Yeah, That's see, at two forty-five. Then Cabin Boy at four forty-five. Then Time Cop at six thirty, and our headliner is Speed at eight thirty. Oh my gosh! Followed by what we're hoping to be a live recording of our post-fest podcast that we do. Every year, so you'll have to follow the F This Movie Twitter, at F This Movie, uh, to get the link to the YouTube live show. Okay. There's no way to like put it other places as well. What other places would you want to put it? I have no idea. Uh, the cloud? 
Then the cloud. It's what about in the cloud. The metaverse. <laughs> I'm in it right now. Oh yeah, you yeah, are. You like seem, the end of Disclosure from 1994. Like, oh my gosh, that was a crazy movie. <laughs> Wait for it. We haven't started our top tens yet. Is that in your top ten? Of course it is. <laughs> it taught me everything I know about sexual harassment. <laughs> Uh, about working for a lady boss. Oh yes, and about virtual Girl reality. Boss and oh yeah, a lot where of you VR. can find the files. That's where Zuckerberg got inspired. Of course, it is. That was the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably a baby. What movie are you looking forward to the most on Saturday? Um. Well, when you were just reciting by memory slowly, but it came. To, it came <laughs> to you. It, it came to you. I got probably most excited. Excited for Speed. Okay, that yeah, makes sense. Just because I think it'll be super fun yeah. all together. Yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the room and out of the room on the Twitter. Yeah. I'm excited for people to discover Terminal Velocity because I think they're going to realize that it's sneaky great and okay. super fun. There's always one like that. Yes. Um, I'm also excited for people to turn on me during Cabin Boy. <laughs> we'll see. Some people are going to love Cabin Boy. Okay. Other people will wonder why I we're programming it. I don't think I've ever seen it. That's okay. So this will be new for me. Well, that's exciting. Will I turn on you? Of course. What? Um, no. It's only 80 minutes. So even if you don't like it, it's it's breezy. Now that is something that we can all get behind. Exactly. <laughs> we, we love a long movie, of course, but we love a short movie. Love a well. short movie. Yeah. Um. And last year, you sort of accidentally programmed, correct me if I'm wrong, a, a few longer than normal movies for Apple's correct. Movie Fest. Yes. Last year, there were several that ran over two hours. Yeah. And okay. I tried not to do that this year, except for Stargate. Stargate, I think, is a little over two. I mean, I think you panicked thinking, oh, gosh, these are long and it's going to be long and people are going to say it's long and who knows. But it goes by so fast. The day yeah. goes by so quickly. It's crazy. Yes. I don't think anyone like was complaining about the lengths of the movies. I did, it's more for us because yeah. when we're finishing the movies at midnight right. and then we have to record the podcast, we are it's pretty tired. challenging. Yeah. And again, I say this knowing that we have listeners – who start this movie or this festival in the middle of the night. They are the best. Of course they are. And I um, love them. So we yeah, appreciate it. Fun. So I don't mean to complain about having to stay up late, but we were trying to wrap things up a little earlier this year. I need a better way of <sighs> collecting info. Like I'm, I'm always like tweeting, okay, where's everybody at? And then people- Have you considered scamming? <laughs> Ooh. Data mining. Ooh. Yeah. You know, I- think what that about I could probably try that. VR. Yeah, I have a VR. We're in it right now, baby. <laughs> um, is there a movie that could teach me how to data grip from 1994? Let me think. Oh, I've got one. Okay. It's Disclosure. <laughs> Written um, by the great Michael Crichton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so at what point did Michael Douglas's career become where he was just so good at playing that type of guy? The flawed American male? Yes. Fatal attraction, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too, but that seemed like 10 years earlier. When did Fatal Attraction come out? Uh, 87 okay. probably. All right. so, so not quite is, 10 years, yeah. But seven years. And but then he, had he basic just had a run. Oh, yeah, yeah. He just had a run yeah. of... Of deep Vs. <laughs> That's what he wears in Basic Instinct. He's got a lot of deep V-necks. Uh, I can think of some other deep Vs in those movies. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Cracking yourself up. I love it. Um, all right. Let's strap on our VR goggles and head into the metaverse 
to count down our 10 favorite movies of 1994. Shouldn't we be going in a time machine to go backwards, to go back to 1994? Sure. Do you have a time machine? Yes. Okay. Okay. Here you it should is. have mentioned this at the start of the show. <laughs> I wanted to surprise you. I could, we could go back and redo the first 10 minutes. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, as is our way, we count down from 10 to 1 if we have... Uh, the same movie on our list, we wait until somebody names it at its highest spot. So if I name something that you have higher on your list, we'll wait and vice versa. Last year, you'll all remember Erica, uh, named, uh, The Empire Strikes Back as her (laughs) favorite movie of 1983. Stop. That was truly. I actually re-listened like, to that show, which I don't re-listen to a lot of shows, okay. but I re-listened to it, and it was like, I, I, I informed you that it was actually Return of the Jedi right. that came out in 1983, right. the one with the Ewoks, right? <laughs> which you were trying to place at number one, and then you bumped no. it completely off your list, and then it went to number ten. So oh Return of the Jedi still on your top ten. But it went from one to ten. But then one to off to ten. <laughs> and I don't remember what bumped up to number one. Was I drunk? I don't even drink. But was I like I don't something think happened? So. Did I have a stroke no. that day? Again, it's so much funnier if it, you're it, a Patreon subscriber and had heard her already make the mistake yeah. on the Patreon show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and have it clarified and then to do the exact same thing within a week. Right. So if someone's listening right now and they are like newer to the site, they have no idea about like really what you're talking about and yeah. and the whole backstory but it it was pretty pretty funny it was a good moment in oh f this movie history gosh. yeah you don't listen to a lot of old podcasts again i kind nah. of i'm always telling you you should and you're like no but so then that you I listen can improve. No. <laughs> no but so you listened to that one was it because i was so adorable of course oh i God. need to hear your voice right all the time cuz all day long i just don't talk to you <laughs> silent treatment <laughs> Um, Bew, my Bew. Yeah. What is your number ten okay, favorite well, movie of nineteen ninety four? I need what, to. I need to preface this. How many ties are we talking about? Okay, zero. What? Zero. I need to find somebody else to zero. do this podcast with. I'm actually quoting oh, a line from Ghost Protocol. Um, so, <laughs> how did I not know that? <laughs> that memorable line from Ghost Protocol. <laughs> A movie um, with so many memorable lines. <laughs> there are. Um, I okay. love that movie, but nobody's remembering it for the dialogue. I am. <laughs> remembering it for everything. Um, so I want to preface this by saying, A, you had an amazing 1994 month. You were able to watch a lot more than I was. Yes. And I'm happy for you. Thank you. And jealous. Um, but it was great to see some of the films you were able to watch that I wasn't able to watch and just think like, oh, I wonder Maybe that would have made my list or maybe, you know, but some of them I had seen before, but even, yeah, I think, mean, but some of them I hadn't seen for 20 years, you know? Right. But so much of what I've watched stands no chance of yeah. being on your okay. top 10. Okay. Yeah. You were just filling in. You yeah. Were just, it, you were surrounded by 1994. Correct. Okay. And, and B, I started with A, right? You Number d- two, I, so. <laughs> I started with A. B, I did not have any ties. I was trying to be super good. Wow. Super good. Wow. And but I probably could have. And I feel I'm like sure, people are disappointed now. I know. Okay. <laughs> Tie at number ten. No, actually, you. I could predict right now. Right. Okay. At some point on the show, you are going to bring up a movie, and I'm going to go. 
I forgot that that was 1994. Oh, that could happen. I that forgot that that existed. Every year. And if it's not one that I would have placed, then obviously whatever. But if it's right. one I would have placed, then I might have to throw it in okay. in a tie for okay. number 10 with It Could Happen to You. It Could Happen to You at yes. number 10. What a weird way to lead into your number 10. <laughs> you kind of threw it away there. I did? <laughs> well, yeah, because it was all the build up I about know. what was. Well, I don't have ties. So it's, no, it's, it stands, let me say, it stands on its own. Number it 10. It Number could 10. happen to you. All right. Go ahead. Talk about it could happen to you. It's not on your list? It's not. Okay. I love um, it. Yeah. No, I know list. you love it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, it's cute and sweet and Nick like Cage. You. and I know. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. There's, it's not really like, that one's not like a deep, I don't really have any deep thoughts other than it's there cute and sweet and fun. and Deep thoughts to yeah, be had really right. about that movie. Well. But it's the best. Um, it's so. This was something that I because I wrote about it this week at fthismovie.com. Uh, I wrote about all the Nicolas Cage movies that came out in 1994. Yes, you did. And wrote about this movie. And in our collective memories, this is a romantic comedy. Right. There's almost no jokes in this movie. It's not really a comedy. It's, it's more of kind a drama. of just. It's not even a drama. It's just kind of a romance. Well, I like, like that. No, I'm not saying yeah. it as a bad thing. Right. It's just uh, if I were making a list of my favorite romantic comedies of the 90s, this would be on it. And then I would have to pull back and say, oh, it's not that much of a romantic comedy. I don't know what else you would call Why it. Why do we remember it that way, though? Well, like Rosie Perez is funny. Right. Okay. But the rest of the movie isn't that concerned with being funny. Right. Hmm. But it's adorable. Right. And very uh, earnest. Yes. And sincere. Yes. Nicolas Cage kind of playing against type because he normally plays weirdos. Uh, <laughs> and in this movie, he's so straight-laced and decent. Right. Bridget Fonda is like a natural resource when it comes yeah. to these kinds of movies. <laughs> Sweetness and decency. Yeah, she's just so great. Yeah. And it makes me miss her in movies, oh. although I don't blame her for getting out. Right. Um. Yeah, I feel so, like I'm talking too much about your pick. I'm no, sorry. that's I really don't. What what I don't know what else to say other than it's cute and sweet and I like it and it fit at number ten and it's not in a tie right now. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that covers it. Um, and I'm going to say that my one through nine. Yeah. Or mm, one through eight. Okay. Okay, my one through eight, but not necessarily the order, but just the films. Got it. Okay. Got it. We're like. <clears throat> so easy so easy like this is i have to say this is probably one of the easiest lists i've made now that doesn't mean that i'm going to be super happy with the order that i put them in but in terms of just like throwing films on there i had a bunch that i knew from 1994 like for sure these are going to be on there yeah. and then i had a few that were like i think these are going to be on there but i would like to rewatch there's probably a couple that i didn't get to rewatch but i'm assuming i still like them as much as i did in the 90s okay and then um uh, I feel like there's one more thing, but yeah. So it it could happen to you. Kind of got in there, and the rest were pretty solid. It just was figuring out like what's the order. Yeah, and the order could change like in five minutes. Right, right. Of course, always. But the order is yeah, kind of meaningless. Yeah, right, right. Um, I mean, just... except for except for maybe some of them. <laughs> <laughs> My one through, I feel like seven. Was very easy. Yeah. And then yeah. Like 8, 9, and 10 were like, well, I, I like this movie. I agree with you. I'm looking at my 1 through 7 right now. Completely agree. And I'd say that there's one 
Well, there are two in there that I did not rewatch or oh. or watch for the first time. There's one that I saw for the first there's time. There's one that you've never seen? Well, no, there's okay. one that <laughs> there's one that I watched for the first time. I know what it is. Yep, and that was like an immediate like, "Oh my god, this is I love this movie so much. I can't believe I've never seen this." And you even said like this movie is so you. Yeah. And so that that made it up there. Yeah. Look, it's even highlighted on my list right now. What? I don't know why, but does maybe it, because it was like Does it rhyme with maybe's may mount? <laughs> what? <laughs> It's baby's day out. That's what, what? I'm saying. It's baby's okay. day out. I thought you were going to do like a real rhyme with it. Nope. And I'm like, I know you know. And then you're all this A, B, Z, B, R. Yeah, my one through seven was clear. My eight, nine, and ten, I was like, I really like these movies. I'm going to put them on the list, which isn't to say they don't belong there. It's just that they're as deserving as about 15 to 20 other movies. Yeah, Because right. 1994 was... Yeah. Bananas good. And I just know that if I had rewatched stuff or watched some more things, maybe even for the first time, that I could have had ties, could have had, you know, honorable mentions. So you might say something that then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That movie, you know, we'll see. Well, but like the, what was your number? Oh, go ahead. The Three Colors trilogy has been sitting yes. <laughs> on our little table oh, oh my gosh. for the entirety of February yes. because neither of us have ever seen any of them. And I really want to. And so we're like, this will be our chance to watch them. Right. And then... It becomes impossible to watch uh, subtitled movies when we're doing other stuff yeah. and having stuff on in the background and blah, right, blah, blah. So right. we didn't get to watch any of those. So they're not on either of our lists. Right. Um, but but I'm curious to know yeah. what else you will – you could tell me at the end or okay. even after the podcast. Like okay. if there's other stuff you want to rewatch, we still have a week and a half yeah, of do. 1994 a month. Sure. Okay. So we could still rewatch stuff. Okay. My number 10 – is nonsense. Uh, it probably does not belong on this list, but after rewatching it twice in the span of two months, maybe, uh, I, I really like it. And that's Roger Donaldson's remake of Sam Peckinpah's The Getaway. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. <laughs> and I was watching it the other day, and Erica came in at just the right time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because she walked in during a sex scene between two married actors, uh, <laughs> which is weirdly more uncomfortable than two actors who are strangers. Why do you think that? I don't know. Okay. Like, because everyone's like, this is how they do it. I don't want to get super this graphic, but like it. at one point he puts his oh. mouth on her oh. boob. Okay. And you're like, if they weren't married, he wouldn't do that. But the fact that he is, it's because, like, they do that right. in real life. <laughs> and I feel weird watching it. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> um, it follows the original very closely. We just saw the original for the first time, I don't know, a year or two ago, back when we were trying to write a shelf life on it. Oh, my gosh. That's coming any day. Yeah, any it's day. Any day. As as it's halfway written. Month it is, is halfway it is, written. It is halfway More than written. halfway. <laughs> um but the cast is just great. Uh, James Woods playing a scumbag. Michael Madsen playing a scum, uh, scumbag. Jennifer Tilly playing a crazy person. Philip Seymour Hoffman shows up for a small role. Um, mm. uh, it's very slick, uh, but it still owes a lot to Sam Peckinpah. You can tell that Roger Donaldson is like trying to imitate Peckinpah in a lot of ways. Uh, I just think it's a really, really strong remake that i've seen way more times than the original 
because okay. I grew up watching this version, not the not the OG.、Mm-hmm. And I mostly wanted to give it a shout out. Is it better than a lot of other movies I should have put on my list? No, but I wanted to include it. I like it. Sorry, the table is creaking, and、It's、Erica、okay. is trying to. Oh, I just don't want anyone else to hear the creaking. <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. <laughs> um, so that's it. That's、okay. my ten. I like it. Thanks. Uh, you want my nine?、Uh, always. Oh yeah. Okay. So we just rewatched this not too long ago, and you had, I think, rewatched it for a podcast, maybe with John Quiz Show. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's actually higher on my list. Okay. What's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is a movie we did not get a chance to rewatch, but it has sat atop the Three Colors trilogy on our little table underneath our TV, and that is the Coen Brothers' The Hudsucker Proxy. Oh yeah,、um, that is one that would have been on my like. I'd like to rewatch this and get a proper. I felt like I liked it when I saw it a long time ago. I couldn't put it on here because I just didn't know it enough. Yeah, yeah. I I maybe don't either, but、okay. uh, my memory is that I love it. The first time I ever saw it was at your apartment in Mil- in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. We rented it. Yeah. From the BBV, yeah, I have no idea why we were like, of all the movies out, <laughs> let's rent the Hudsucker Proxy. <laughs> not a new release, not right, whatever.、Um, yeah. So we rented the Hudsucker Proxy. We watched it. I think we were eating like Papa John's because that was sure, nearby. That, that was like right underneath. I think my yep.、Um, right、and we watched、street. the Hudsucker Proxy, and I loved it.、Uh, it was the Coen Brothers, kind of like. Trying to go commercial, it's their first kind of big budget produced by Joel Silver.、Uh, Tim Robbins plays a guy who invents a hula hoop, but is actually like a patsy for a corporation. Paul Newman plays the evil boss.、Um, Jennifer Jason Lee is sort of the reason why it's on my top ten list <laughs> because she's doing this amazing. 1930s screwball comedy inspired fast talking take on、uh, a reporter.、Uh, she's making a big choice, and I just happen to love her and the choice that she makes.、Um, one of two movies that Tim Robbins made in 1994. Say, yeah, year, yeah. He will show up again. Yep.、Uh, I wish we had. A chance to rewatch it.、Yeah. I started, so I started to rewatch this one night、right. um, with you. Yeah, we got through about ten minutes because I was originally going to program it for at this movie fest. Right, you were sort of testing it out. Yeah, and it's a little, the pacing is not right, and it's long. It's just under two hours,、um, and I was worried that it wouldn't work, so it got pulled, and I think Cabin Boy is the movie that replaced <laughs> it. Right, which is Cabin Boy the movie that's there because Airheads is not available for people very easily. Yeah, although I rewatched Airheads,、okay. and while I still enjoy Airheads, and Airheads probably would have been more,、uh, the consensus would have been higher on Airheads. Like people would have really enjoyed watching Airheads. I'm happy that it's Cabin Boy because I think a lot of people are going to discover Cabin Boy、yeah. in the in the process of doing this.、Um, we'll see. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's it seems like when you announced the lineup, there were plenty of comments and tweets and things of people excited to see Cabin Boy. So. Yeah,、uh, I think a lot of people remember it from the '90s very fondly. It's definitely like a cult comedy. 
Um, but it was so it was going to be Hudsucker. It's not Hudsucker. Uh, it opens with uh, Charles Durning like leaping to his death, and I was like, oh, this might upset some people, even though it's a comedy. So there were all these reasons why I didn't go with it, but I do still love it and wanted to include it on my yeah. top ten. Yeah. I'm glad it's there. Thank you. It makes me want to fit, like, we should watch it. We will, for sure. Let's watch it after we record. Uh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, we can. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's your number nine? First, we have to find out if something is blind. Oh, something. It's not, it's not on today. It's not on today? No, I'm sorry. Why are you teasing me? (laughs) Why are you teasing me about it? Because I'm a teaser. Oh, is anything? No, there's nothing. Oh, is it tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. I mean, don't you, how are they doing? Do they still, like, is love blind? Do they still like each other? Do they love each other? I don't know. Are there marriages that are weirdly fast going to work? (laughs) Are there engagements? Are they going to break up? We're going to find out. Should we just talk about Love is Blind on this podcast? We can. Is this like a weird, yeah, that's a weird pivot for the listener. This movie was like kind of fun for the first 13 years. And And then in year 14, all of a sudden, they started only talking about a Netflix dating show hosted by Nick Lachey. Will 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 love prevail? <laughs> I mean, this show. I got it. Okay, I know people think it's crazy, but like, it's more interesting than so many of the other dumb reality shows that people watch. Yeah, they actually talk about their lives and things that they're interested in. It's not right. just like, oh my gosh, we're going on a date, and there's thirty other girls in the house. Let's talk about the house, <laughs> and oh my god, there's drama. And drama in the house. Drama in the house. Are you here for the right reasons? I don't know, but let me just. Can I steal you, need, you, you for need- a minute? How about I give you clarity? Can I, oh my God. You know what? On this journey together that we're on, I just want to experience you this need, journey with you. You need journey clarity? Yeah. I need journey clarity. Journey clarity was the winner of last season's Bachelor. I- <laughs> she won. She's engaged. I don't think so. They broke up. Oh, no. She's going to be on Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> now. Journey clarity. <laughs> um, this took a turn. Where are we at? Number eight? Um, yeah, number okay. Eight, okay. Number eight on my list is Clerks. Okay, one of my honorable mentions. Okay, I really wanted to include it, but then I was like, "You snuck in the getaway." <laughs> I, was, I had to go with the getaway now, instead. I just want to explain to you yeah. that you could have had something called a tie. Explain this tie to and me. And in your number ten spot, you could have How had do ties work. Clerks and the getaway, and you could have talked about both. But, but if I would have done that, I would have opened it up to like an eight-way tie because there's all these movies yes. that are sort of you know similar. I have done a three-way. I don't think I've done a four-way, but have I ever done an eight-way tie? No, uh, that's that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot to keep track of. Yeah, that's too really much. exhausting. Way too much. Too yeah, much. Yeah, keep the three-way ties fine. <laughs> Seems like a fair amount. Action. Uh, clerks. Um, <clears throat> clerks. Yeah, clerks. What, I mean, this is another one where I just feel like, what do I have to say about clerks that everyone hasn't already said? But when clerks came out, I was a young person in the world, like many of our listeners, and it was fresh and new and exciting and different, and I was excited to know about the filmmakers and learn about them and just learn about how they did it, right? Like, yeah. again, you, we've recorded podcasts about Clerks. We've talked about um, really probably all of his movies, right? Uh, Not all, but many. Okay. We've done Dogma. We've done Chasing Amy. And where did we see Kevin Smith? Oh, uh, at uh, Wizard World. Wizard or, World. Okay, yeah. 
And I feel like so many people have, because he's been so accessible to his fans over yeah. the years, like people have met him, they've heard him, they've seen right. him, they've, you know, he's podcasts and so much. So nothing I have to say is new, but <laughs> at the time when Clerks came out, it really just felt almost like when my mom talks about some of the movies she saw as a young person in the 70s. Okay. You know, like just this is different and this is yeah. speaking to a different generation yeah. and this feels different and yeah. this isn't our parents' movie and like, right. you know, and I obviously Clerks is not maybe on the filmmaking style or level of some of those 70s films that I'm thinking of. But, sure. But it was, it was the start of something new and... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would argue that the style and or lack thereof in clerks is perfectly suited to the material right the performances while sometimes amateurish are perfectly suited to the material exactly everything works and it's interesting because i've heard kevin smith talk about this movie forever um he saw Richard Linklater's Slacker right. and was like, oh, if he, that's a movie, I can make a movie. Right. And I feel like Clerks was that for a lot of people as well. If, uh, if, I, if he can make Clerks, I can make, right. Right. I can make a movie. And now, mm-hmm. obviously, everybody can make a movie. But yes. in 1994, <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer for Clerks before Pulp Fiction. It was the first I'd ever heard of it. And it opens with Salsa Shark. And it's like, oh, one guy works at a video store and one guy works in a convenience store. And at that time, those had been my two jobs. Right. And I was like, they made a movie about right. me. <laughs> so I convinced my dad to take me to see it at Piper's Alley. So I got to see it first run. Nice. Bought Piper's the Laserdisc oh. very early in my late... Uh, 94 was the year I got a Laserdisc player. Yes. So all my first Laserdiscs are from this year. Okay. Um. We still have some of them, right? We do. Don't we have the player like back there? We do. In the basement? We do. Back uh, there, everyone. Back there, everyone. <laughs> to my right, behind me. Behind her. It's <laughs> creeping up as we speak. Um, and I would like listen to the clerk's commentary every night as I went to sleep because it was just like friends hanging out making right. jokes about clerks. Right. And that's how I fell in love with Kevin Smith. And obviously my relationship to Kevin Smith has changed. Yeah. But for a long time, he was so important to me. Right. Yeah. And wasn't Ben Affleck on that commentary? Not for Clerks. He shows up on Mall Rats, Rats. which is an even better commentary than the Clerks commentary. Oh my gosh, those are so fun. I miss the days of having time to like explore all that stuff. Right. Um, (laughs) Basically, (laughs) high school, college, (laughs) young. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and Clerks, I was not working yet at my dream video store job. job. Yeah. but I knew I wanted to, and I when think I was When do you start working young. at BBV? Um, 96? Okay. Like, right at the start of 96, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was trying to think of, like, a movie that came out in early 96, and I got nothing. It was crazy. I tried... I think I applied to one video store before, and they never called me. They missed out. Yeah, they sure so did. I got... You know, I won... Do you know how many times I won... The pre-order sales competition where I the most pre-orders. I imagine. <laughs> I won. I won. Of course you did. Me, I'm not a salesperson, but I won the most. I sold the most because pre-orders of like all no these movies. You. Oh, plenty of people did. All these mouth-breathing video no, store there were... regulars. <laughs> Pretty Erica no, there were smiling also at them, asking families. them to pre-order Godzilla. Sometimes They're they like, were... yeah, of course I will. <laughs> that movie sucks shit, but I'll buy it. Sometimes it was Disney movies and oh, families sure. yeah. and... 
I had my my regular Tuesday guys who sometimes might have been talking to me about actresses I looked like more than <laughs> the movies. But anyway, it was fun times. Oh, man, I miss those days. Fun times. Yeah. So Clerks. Clerks yep. at number yeah. seven. No, that was my eight. Eight. Yes. Just kidding. What's your eight? My eight is a movie we just rewatched the other night, and that's Red Rock West. Oh, yeah. Uh, neo-noir written and directed by John Dahl who had two movies this year because he also put The Last Seduction out so I thought about making this a tie just a John Dahl neo-noir tie but I didn't do it because we didn't (sighs) rewatch Last Seduction Um, Nicolas Cage as a drifter wanders into town is mistaken for a hitman who J.T. Walsh hires to murder his wife Uh, and then things get extra complicated when Dennis Hopper the actual hitman shows up in town (laughs) And I wrote this in my piece, but I like when a movie, like, keeps finding new ways to, like, for lack of a better expression, I'll say turn the screws. I don't like – here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) What's the thing, babe? I don't like – the innocent man wrongly accused Oh, I know. I hate – it makes me so nervous and mad. Not fun. Yeah. A little bit of that going on in Disclosure, although he's not fully innocent. Right. Because he does get up blowy. Um, <laughs> but, but, he um, just couldn't help himself. Well, of course not. <laughs> she was a lady boss. Um, but I do love like increasing complications. I don't know how to say it. It'll, yeah. it'll no, come it up sense. again. Yeah. It'll come up again oh, okay. in just a minute. But like. Oh. I I love the screenplay for Red Rock Red Rock West, which is hard to say. <laughs> let me tell you, when you're talking fast, Red Rock West, what Red Rock West, Red Rock West. You oh did no, it. no, but I Red Rock West, Red Rock Red Rock West, Red Red Rock West. There it is, Red Rock. Nope. <laughs> Everyone at home, try it. Ready? Three times fast. Red Rock West, Red Rock West, Red Rock. West. <laughs> okay. Um, Anyway, a uh, great noir film, good Nicolas Cage. Maybe his, weirdly enough, like least interesting performance of the four movies that he put out in 1994, but I think the best movie of all the ones he put out in 1994. Okay, still interesting to me, though. I love his... Oh, man, and we just watched, we just, you had your Valley Girl, wrong year, but we yeah. had Valley Girl yeah, yeah. screening last weekend. That was weekend. last year's yeah. of this movie yeah. fest. Yes, last year's of this movie fest, but we just had the screening, so we got yeah. to see it on the big screen, yeah, we and did. we brought our son Charlie, and um, that was super fun, and Jam was in town, and anyway, just Nick Cage's eyes, and I'm thinking of him in Red Rock West, <laughs> same thing, his eyes, and he goes, you look at him, and you're like, oh, let him be free, leave him alone, he didn't mean, it's not his fault. <sighs> It's good, and uh, it just came out on Blu-ray in the United States for the first time, and so I'm hoping that more people start to discover it, because it had a real weird release. I, yeah. It, like, played cable in 93. It was, like, on Showtime or HBO, and then in 94, it got a theatrical release, because I remember that and Last Seduction had kind of a same release pattern, and Ebert was real upset because Linda Fiorentino couldn't be nominated for Best Actress. Oh. For Last Seduction because the movie had already premiered on cable. That is so weird. Why did they do that? Speaking up about it. I do not know. Okay. Um, When we were watching this, I had not seen it before. Oh, okay. And my memory of it was kind of, uh, you know, what you're saying, like a weird release. 
I remember seeing the cover box at the video store. I remember the title. I remember who was in it. And I, when I was young, like when I was younger, I thought it was a David Lynch film. Okay. And I don't know why, but then right. as we were watching it, we were kind of picking about, well, here's this person and this right. person who right, are right. always in David Lynch films. <laughs> and oh, here's this little, just this little beat here or something like a look, a shot. Like like if you took just a few things, not all, and overall, no, it's not at sure, all sure, sure. a David Lynch film. But if you took like just a few of the pieces yeah. and looked only at those and knew nothing else, you, it would. It would be a fair guess if you were making a guess. So it's funny that I had that with me all these years. Like, that's a David Lynch film, but it's not. I like where your head's at, you. You do? I do. Okay. Attached to your body, <laughs> which I also like. <laughs> uh, all right. We are moving on. Is my number seven? To seven. Shawshank Redemption. It's higher on my list. This is where we could. Well, but this is where now my like one through seven you said earlier. It's yeah. just like, I don't even know if the order. I switched the order about 10 minutes before we recorded. <laughs> I um, made my list about 10 minutes before we recorded. Oh, wow. I actually, this again, this is the one that I was able to get like, I was able to kind of put one through three down immediately. Yeah. And then my current five and six moved places multiple times. And I won't say anything else. Okay. So Return of the Jedi went from 10 to 1. Okay. Shawshank is at number seven, but for for you. Oh, okay. But higher for you. But higher for you. So what's your seven? So we'll come back to it. Okay. My seven is probably higher on your list. (gasps) Oh my God. Are we going to get in a fight? Not at all. Okay. Uh, But uh, we'll wait to talk about it. And that is speed. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's higher on my list. Okay. Okay. So we're at six. But we might get into a fight. Why would we get into a fight? I don't know. I'm just, I'm like thinking. In this moment right now, what if there's a film not on your list that I think is going to be it's, on your list? It's not on my list. <gasps> but that's that was <gasps> deliberate omission. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's our first fight. It's not because I knew that it would be. Wait, it's not our first fight or it's not a fight? It's not a fight. Okay. <laughs> it absolutely belongs on my list. But in the interest of talking about more movies, I, I left know. it off because I knew it would be on yours. Which I think is such a great <clears throat> quality of yours no as not, i sense a butt coming no 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 it is it's like a wonderful quality as someone who is a long time now movie podcast host runner sure. whatever you want to you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and somebody who loves movies and wants to champion movies and celebrate movies and i just saw a tweet today i have no idea who tweeted it or where i saw it but it was Probably. something about it was something about like celebrating movies instead of like spending time on the ones that aren't good and I was just thinking about how, like, that's something you've been doing for a long time. Although I'm sure there's room to talk about movies that aren't, I don't know, because what does good mean, right? Like, yeah, right, It's subjective. Right. It's all subjective. Sure. So, like, all movies deserve We did five minutes on disclosure something. at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> but a lot of people love disclosure. But So, anyway, I love that about you. And at the same time, <laughs> I'm, like, the weird type A, which I'm not always type A, but the weird, like, type A list person that yeah. I am where I'm, like, but, but then – if you're saying this is not a you, definitive, I list. know, I know, I struggle yeah. with this. I struggle because we're recording. It's Eric and Patrick's top ten list, and then it's not a definitive list. And so, yeah. I, like the in, my insides are my insides are screaming. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, so it's not on your list. It's not, but and we're it, not. So you're saying we're not fighting? No, not at all. But, but that's what you're saying because I know it's you on your list. We're not fighting, and I will. I mean, we're getting so far ahead of ourselves, <laughs> but I will. There's like five people who know exactly what we're of talking course. about. <laughs> um. Okay. I, I concede that it's absolutely so you... one of the best movies of 1994. Okay. We didn't rewatch it. I haven't seen it as many times as you. Right. It absolutely belongs on my list. Okay. 
I just knew that it was going to be represented elsewhere, and so I left it off. Yeah. So you're saying we're still in love. Correct. Okay. <laughs> for, Always and forever. For now. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> just kidding. Just we're kidding. We're on two different pages. <laughs> I love you. We're holding hands, by the way, as we record <laughs> this right now. So, like, how cheesy can we get? Okay. Um, what what What's next? Uh, your six? My number six. Okay, my number six is really, like, a top five for me. And it, it was one that moved down. Your six is five? Can I just make my number five a tie? Oh, I can do it. I told you I could do it. Yeah, you ah! could. But <laughs> then you it. could include another movie. I know, because usually at I, six. Right. Well, technically, when you do a tie, you're not supposed to do that, right? I call bullshit but on that. I do, too. I yeah. always have extra movies. I yeah. know. But, okay, because <laughs> 10 minutes before we recorded, my number six got moved down. And now I don't even remember what. <laughs> all switched around, really, because the right. top three has been pretty solid. But anyway, um, my number six is Spike Lee's Crooklyn. Okay. I love it so much. It's so great. If you've never seen it, you should see it. It's one of a rare like PG-13 movies. I feel like he does not have many. That might be the only one. Really? Yeah. No. There's got to be like one more. What else? I don't know. Yeah. But okay, so it's Spike. It's like family-friendly Spike Lee. Yeah. But, you know, warning, it's sad and it's all the emotions. It's sad, it's happy, it's hopeful, it's great. It's set in Brooklyn. The family, you know, calls their, they, they call it Crooklyn. I'm sure everybody's seen it, but if not, I'm definitely not check sure it out. Seen really? It. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's about a family. It's like semi autobiographical, yes, right? Yeah. Yes. Semi autobiographical. He wrote it, with his, he wrote two it with his sister. One for sure, maybe both. Okay. Maybe both, yeah. Okay. Um, there are so many similarities to things in his real life, but when you do, when you, like know more about his real life it's not like everything is the same right you just get the impression like here's a lot of kind of like the backdrop of his youth and things he was interested in and his family but um like there's one thing i told you about that i'm not going to say in the podcast just in case because it's a spoiler but it's like oh that did happen to him in his real life but in a very different year and time of his life you know things like that um and i want to say because in the film, there are, I believe, five kids. Is it four brothers and one sister? The, the main, like the lead is, um, her name is Troy. The character's name is Troy. And she's, it's kind of a coming of age story led by her. So um, it's great. In a way, it's vignettes, but it's not. But you could look at it in that context, too. Um at one point, you know, the family, there's a lot. You hear about the parents and where they're from and where they grew up and their different nostalgia and background and memories and how it influences their relationship and how they're dealing with life right in that time period in the 70s in Brooklyn. Uh, but at one point, they go down to the South and they're visiting relatives. And Spike Lee makes some really interesting camera choices that people are always thrown off by. He really wanted it to kind of seem different. And right. it is looks different. You'll see when you watch if you haven't. But... Anyway, it's just a great coming of age story. It's all of the emotions. Uh, the music is incredible. It, um, yeah, I love. I'm a sucker for like he infuses it with like real, um, you know, TV commercials from the time. And again, it was before my time, but I, you know, know enough to know. And again, sometimes you just learn about these things from watching movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I talk to my students and my own kids, our kids, about this all the time. Like you watch movies and you learn things. So right. He's got all these like. 70s commercials and TV shows and just what it was like for kids growing up at that time where they're all fighting over the TV and making deals and, <laughs> you know, waiting in line for the bathroom in the house and stuff like that. It's just, it's so cute. It's great. I love it. And New York City. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I love it so much. I love Spike <laughs> Lee so much. Spike Lee, if you're listening and I know you're not, I love you so much. Oh my God. It's This is one of those that like could have been somewhere in my five through 10 easy. Right. And I was like, I think... 
Erica oh, will have it on her list, so one. I'm not going to include it. But it's one of those that, like, if I'm doing a 10 through 20, of course yes, it's on there. Right, same right. with Clerks. Same yeah. with a bunch of other movies. It is a movie that really gets under your skin in, like, the best way, too. Because you just, I don't know, there's things in life that I'll just think of Crooklyn. I know I've watched it a lot. So more than the average person, if they see it once, they might like it and not have it in their brain the way I do. But right. um, Del, uh, Delroy Lindo? Yeah. So good. This is... Is this their first time working together? I don't remember, but he's so good as the dad in this movie, and so is um, Alfred Woodard. Yes, yeah. as the mother. Oh my gosh, their performance is amazing. We Troy, the girl who plays Troy, she's playing an eight-year-old girl. She's excellent. You even said like how she's twenty-seven. <laughs> uh, it's just funny the way you said she's playing an eight-year-old girl. Uh, she, for all we know, she is right. an eight-year-old girl. <laughs> Right. I don't know how old she was as this child actress, but you even said like, gosh, this kid is so great. This is such a natural, believable performance. Like, why did we not hear more about her? Even the brothers, all of the the kid performances are so great. And, you know, we we talk about directors like Spielberg getting these wonderful childhood child performances. I agree, and I love Spielberg so much, and he's in the group of people like Spike Lee and Scorsese and some others where I start to get like emotional and just want to cry because I love them so much. But at the same time, I don't know why Spielberg gets all the extra attention for working with child actors, maybe because someone like Spike Lee doesn't do it as often. Yeah, he's done But it so watch much. Crooklyn and tell me these aren't the most natural, believable, yeah. sweetest, cutest kids playing you know, siblings who love each other so much but also – you know, fight over their different interests and the different ways they want to spend their time. And, oh, gosh, the the neighborhood is so amazing, just like with the Italian neighbors and the, everybody. Uh, I love it so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, corrections department. Ooh. Delroy Lindo's first collaboration with Spike Lee was on Malcolm X. Okay. He played West Indian Archie. And so what this year was, was that? 92. Okay. So this was second. their second time working together. And then, of course, they do Clockers together, in which Delroy Lindo is amazing. And then they do uh, The Five Bloods together, in which Delroy Lindo is amazing and yeah. doesn't get any Oscar recognition. I, I'm still so upset about that. I'm still, Rightfully so. There are some other um, things to be upset about from 1994 award season. <laughs> we can oh, talk right. about yes. it as it comes yeah, up. It will come um, up, I'm guessing. But yeah, Delroy Lindo, I never understood why he just wasn't even bigger. Like, I yeah. really, I love him. I think he's so great. He is great. Anyway, all right, what's your six, baby? Um, well, so you mentioned uh, directors who are great with kids. You know who's great with kids? Penelope Spheris in my number six, Little Rascals. I'm <laughs> kidding. It's not. It's Heavenly Creatures. Oh, uh, yeah. Peter Jackson. Uh, the true story of two girls who become best friends in New Zealand in the 1950s and are... <laughs> sort of threatened to be pulled apart by their families and so they do something about it obviously i don't want to spoil too much yeah. but it's uh it's based on true story yeah so yeah it's not know. hard to find spoilers about right. it right kind of know going in really. right uh and plus the movie opens a certain way right. that kind of tells you where things are going right. but it's it's really interesting because when i saw it in 94 i think uh, I'm trying to remember if I saw this in 94 or if I came to it like 
I saw Dead Alive, and that puts Peter Jackson on my radar. And then I go back and see Bad Taste and Meet the Feebles. And then I think I finally get to Heavenly Creatures, and I'm like, this is the same guy who made those crazy, gory horror movies? (laughs) And in a lot of ways, it absolutely feels like a Peter Jackson movie. The camera moves the same way that Peter Jackson movies used to. Um, the, The... Fantasy sequences and the special effects are like super cool the way he combines fantasy and reality, but it's obviously him working in a very different mode. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, again, it's super unfortunate, like the success of Lord of the Rings, while I think those are like some of the best movies of all time, um, was the worst thing that happened to Peter Jackson because he was such a great, interesting, exciting filmmaker. Yeah. And now it's just like, I don't know, Hobbit movies right. and well, Lord of the Rings TV shows. And maybe he'll be back and that's doing no, something that's cool. Not, but that's not a diss to him, but it just seems to be, right? Like the way that the career goes, the way the opportunities, we don't even know. Like, what does it look like on the other end? Yeah, you know? I have no idea. It, because on the one hand, yeah, is it is he only allowed to make movies set in Middle Earth? You would think that being Peter Jackson, he would kind of have carte blanche to do whatever he wants and that some studio would sign up to work with him no matter what he wanted to make. But like post Lord of the Rings, it's basically King Kong, which I love, Lovely Bones, and then he gets into The Hobbit, you know, and he he made the two documentaries, the Beatles documentary and the World War II documentary, Mm -hmm. which I haven't seen. Okay. Uh, Anyway, Heavenly Creatures is... Great. It was hard to see for a number of years, but now there's a DVD. Still no Blu-ray, I don't think. Okay. Yeah, that was my first time watching it. And I had thought I had seen it. And then I also was like thinking back to like when it came out or when it was in like Blockbuster. And I'm like, I think I thought it was something totally different, you know? Yeah, yeah, the title doesn't tell you what it is. The cover box doesn't tell you what it is. No, it's really, it really is so interesting. And it was making me think of actually some um, like headliner, you know, stories and non like news stories and and nonfiction things, documentaries even. I won't name it, but of the past like few years. Right. Interesting. Because then my mind just goes to like, as it often does, like everything as things, the more things change, everything's the same, (laughs) you know? Uh, and the two young actors that he cast were two unknowns at the time. Right. Who, of course, were <laughs> Melanie Linsky and Kate Winslet. Oh, who my gosh. Both went on to long and uh, successful careers. Yes, right. So it's fun to see them early on. So fun. Melanie Linsky actually getting to use her Kiwi accent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're great. It's a great movie. <laughs> Uh, all right, top five, baby. Oh my gosh! All right, so my number five is a nostalgia pick. So I haven't seen it in a long time. Okay. When I was very young and saw it for the first time in the theater, um, which was, I think, an Erica Planned group outing. Erica Planned. <laughs> I just used to. I mean, we used to go to the movies in groups of friends all the time. Sure. And it was like no big deal. It was so easy. It was just like let's all go see this movie that's coming out. Everyone's like, yeah, of course, you yeah. know, like and not like. Not like, quote, movie people. Do you know what I mean? It was just like any group of friends who you were talking to that day and you're like, let's go see this movie and everybody wanted to go. It wasn't necessarily like my friends who I talk about movies with. Right. You know, just such a different time. Anyway, (laughs) so this is my nostalgia pick because I really loved it then. Now, that was over 20. How long ago was 1994? Almost 30 30 years. We're celebrating the 30th anniversary. 30 years. Oh, we're in 2024. Correct. Oh, my time machine didn't work earlier. So, okay. Um, <laughs> so, Forrest Gump. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Right on. Yes. And I know that movie gets a lot of hate. Like there are people yeah, probably course. rolling their eyes right now. They hate Whatever. it so much. Everybody hates it. It's too, it's too everything that it is. Right. 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 Um, but when I was a young kid and seeing it, I loved so much about it. I love Tom Hanks. I loved the story. I loved, I don't, it became like, I mean, we were quoting it like as high schoolers, like yeah. who were involved, like a million things. You know, we were like athletes and student council and doing all these different things in high school. We weren't like, like, I just feel like the world has become so narrow now. I'm off on a tangent, but like, <laughs> Because when I talk to my students today about going and seeing movies, this is not the experience. They're not all getting together in a group and like going to see the latest like drama with even whoever is the Tom Hanks of their day. Do you know what I mean? They're just not. And then they're not coming back and quoting it. Whatever. Anyway, um, my point is I loved it. And so I still carry that feeling with me. But I know people hate it now for being too like earnest or too they don't like his performance. They don't like the story they don't like things i just liked it back then and part I of loved... its problem was that it was too successful it became yeah. such a part of the pop culture that i think a lot of people have that impulse where they just want to push right. back against yes, it. yes and there's like a contrarian thing in all of us and some people it's worse than others but i have like the thing where it's like well i don't want to just be a contrarian just because like i want to like the thing that I yeah like. right um but i also remember again i was you know i couldn't even drive yet right like we're talking about so i remember loving the soundtrack i remember loving i am i'm still a sucker for this kind of thing <clears throat> but as an adult probably not in the same way but as a kid i loved like they're showing the real footage right, of an event. Right, they're sure. showing the real news. They have a real, or they're like blending it together. And now Tom Hanks is somehow in the news, like which was at, like the first time that was done. And yes, it was such a, a a marvel of technology. I remember yeah. reading about that and hearing about that. And but again, as a kid, for me, that was super fun and and great. So I wonder if the exact modern day equivalent of Forrest Gump were to come out today, how we would respond to it. Because yeah, I'm with I, you. I like I'd Forrest Gump I'd probably hate also. it. No, I don't know. I don't know. We I don't. Might. I honestly I, I have no idea. I'm I, kidding. I, I don't either. But <laughs> it's hard to not see it through your right. eyes from 30 years ago, you know. But I liked divorce it. divorce yourself. I have my nostalgia pick coming up, so. I liked it. And also, like, my parents liked it. And my parents' yeah. friends liked it. And my teachers liked it. And it was just, like, a movie for everybody. Yeah. And it was fun to be a part of – we've talked about that a lot on the podcast, obviously, about like what it was like when we were kids and teens and whatnot and just like that shared experience. But um, yeah, I I don't know if it came – well, if it came out today. Yeah. So think back. It came out in 94 <laughs> and takes mm. place – obviously, it goes through a few decades. But like choose one. Would you say it spends the most time in like the 70s? It ends in the 80s. I would say probably the 60s. 60s? Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about 30 years before it came out. It's set mostly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then right. today it would be <laughs> right. a movie taking place in the 90s? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's impossible. Forrest Gump would be like, <laughs> with the lights out, it's less dangerous. That was my Forrest Gump impression. <laughs> Great job. Thanks. But the 90s, that would be like... The 90s. We just... I mean, that I was only a few years ago. It was. I'm confused. Uh, all right. That was your Time five. Machine. My five was on your list a little lower. It's Robert Redford's Quiz Show. Oh, yeah. Which is a movie that I feel like had it not received a Best Picture nomination, it would be utterly forgotten. Right. Because even the year it was nominated for Best Picture, I think people were like, what's Quiz Show? I didn't see Quiz Show. Right. Um, it's just super old fashioned and super good. 
It's uh, the story of Rafe Fiennes appearing. It's a, tr- a true story on a quiz show called 21, and he's a cheater. And mm-hmm. what that means and sort of what we do with our faith in certain institutions. Well, and how and why he right. got to that point, too, right. is a big part of it. Absolutely, right? because I mean, there's somebody that came before him yeah. that didn't necessarily have the same good fortune in life or on the show. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's about, you know, television. It's about our sort of national identity. It's about our cultural history. It's about a lot of different things. It's about what we determine should be entertainment or right. not and what is right. allowed and what do we govern and what do we make laws about, too. And 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 who we choose to prop up and who we yes. choose to tear down. Yes. So it's very relevant for 2024, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Change a few things and it's happening any day now. I mean, yeah. it's like... Wow. And it, when it ended, again, I don't want to say too much if anyone hasn't seen it. You should definitely check it out. I thought I had seen it and then I had seen it. But like this rewatch was like different for me. Yeah. Like I think I just wasn't distracted maybe like by maybe, like, yeah. other right. things. And right, right, right. Um, I really was into it. But I said at the end, I compared it to Spotlight. Yeah. You remember what yeah, I yeah, said? Yeah. 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 So it, that, yeah. If I anyone see that. watches it. Yeah. Just that. Like, did anyone, is anyone, anyone paying, paying attention? Really? Like what, yeah. Anyway. Uh, we anyway. do have a podcast on it. So if you go search the F This Movie archives, you yeah. can find an that entire episode on Quiz Show. No, yeah. it wasn't. Okay. Uh, number four. Number four for me. Yeah. You did five? Yeah. That, okay, that was Quiz Show, yeah. Number four for me is The Paper, a okay. movie I had never seen. Speaking of Spotlight. Yes. Michael Keaton working at a newspaper. Yeah, right. So you said, oh, Erica, this movie is definitely for you. I can't believe you haven't seen it. Like, yeah, it's made for me in so many levels and it was so great. Oh, my gosh, this movie. Who has seen the paper? I have. Great. Okay. You're the only (laughs) one I can hear. If anyone else is responding, I can't hear you. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I'd never seen the paper. I had heard of the paper. I think I had a different idea of what it was. It's pretty on the nose. I know. (laughs) It's about a paper. I think I thought it was like a different movie. I don't know. Okay. It doesn't matter. But yeah. the fact is, it's so great. The cast is great. The dialogue is great. It moves at this rapid pace. It's so fun. It's so... Michael Keaton is so incredibly gifted. I mean, my God, he's he's so sweet and cute and funny and charming and also mischievous and just like, I love... He's... Oh, my God. It's like... This is peak Keaton. There's so much peak Keaton. Everything's peak Keaton. <laughs> Keaton. Let me go get my shirt on. Um, yeah, you I have a Keaton shirt. Um, I loved it. Yeah. It's really so many. The topic. Oh, my God. I loved it so much. Yeah. And then well, just Erica, watching it. Just oh, so you guys ahead. understand, yes. is obsessed with journalism and newspapers and sort of the bygone era, yes, era, era. Of, uh, of the newspaper. And the newsroom. Right, like nostalgia, like something I've never worked in, but always just thought was like right. so exciting, and you're getting all the. But then there's like a social justice angle oh, as yeah. well that, oh. of course, she's going to be a sucker for. <laughs> so as soon as we put it on, I was like, "Oh, I suspect you're going to love this movie." And there's like a little romance. Yeah, little so I was happy to be proven right. Yeah, babe. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, my number four. This is sort of my nostalgic pick because I can't watch it, and you didn't get a chance to rewatch this, so I rewatched this without you. So I apologize. Okay. Um, you better. I can't divorce my current Me. viewing. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to divorce. You. <laughs> okay. I can't divorce my current viewing from my 1994 viewing. Okay. It's Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers. Right. Yes. 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 Um, okay. It's 
incredibly on the nose. It's incredibly heavy handed. I also think it's like insanely experimental and audacious and really pushing cinema into interesting directions. I don't think you could ever make this movie today, not because of its messaging, which again is blunt and like the media. Right. Uh, Oliver Stone is not a subtle filmmaker and this is not a subtle movie, but Again, speaking of the cast, it's the cast is wall to wall incredible performances, even in small roles. Um, and it just it meant so much to me in '94. I went to see it because it was you know a screenplay originally by Quentin Tarantino. Right. Completely rewrote his screenplay. He has story by credit now. Ooh. But I saw it multiple times in the theaters. This was the first Laserdisc I ever bought. Oh. I watched it so many times on Laserdisc. I had the soundtrack. Like I kind of know this movie backwards okay. and forwards. But I will also argue that it's not just nostalgia goggles talking. I think there's so much that's legitimately great about this movie. Um, And I know that it is a very divisive movie. I know a lot of people really don't like it. Uh, A lot of people really love it. I'm with the people that love it. Do people not like it because of how, like, the sort of graphic stuff or i don't think so i think it's more just like it's like a sledgehammer to your brain okay okay i can't believe this movie came out the same year as pulp fiction yeah but i can believe it yeah it just it made sense but yeah 94 was like the first year where tarantino starts to permeate all of pop culture yes uh and so in the years following we get a lot of i hesitate to say copycats but like similarly themed and executed and trying to be like films. Right. But like Killing Zoe comes out this year that he produced. He makes a cameo in Sleep With Me. So now he's acting in movies. And like, of course, I'm renting Sleep With Me just so I can see the Tarantino cameo. Right, right. Anyway, I still love Natural Born Killers. Okay. It's my number four. All right. My number three is Speed. Okay. I suspected as much. <laughs> is it on your list? No. It was. Yes, it, was it was my seven. It was your seven. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's do it. Speed. Uh, the only movie on either of our lists that's playing as part of F this movie fest. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I I went to a sneak preview of Speed by myself at the end of like my junior year of high school and expected very little because Keanu Reeves was on the ropes a little bit career-wise. He wasn't being taken seriously. It had kind of a dopey premise. Like, there's a bus that can't slow down. (laughs) Can't stop this bus. Starring this guy who's kind of become a joke, you know. And I came out of Speed, like, wanting to tell everyone about how good Speed was. Like, please believe me. Yes. This movie is a masterpiece and one of the best action movies ever made. I felt the same way. Yeah. And you obviously had more of a history with action movies in general. But even at the time, I think, you know, how we uh, early in our relationship, we went through that. It wasn't a phase, but it was a time period where I was like really into getting, getting into action yeah. movies. And yeah. you used to say, Erica loves action like, yeah, all yeah. the time. Um, Speed was like a defining film for me, too. Just sure. like with that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, there are things here that I might have dismissed if I wasn't an open minded person. But like, <laughs> I loved it so much. Same thing, wanted everybody to see it. I think we did plan another like friend outing. I think I saw it a couple times. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so great. Dennis Hopper again. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's it's um another movie I went to see a bunch of times in theaters. 
because I kept bringing different people right. so they could believe me that speed is so great. And again, like I was saying with Red Rock West, um, <laughs> so good at finding new ways to fuck with the protagonists right. and like turn the screws and be yeah. like, oh, but what if we were – what if the highway wasn't finished? And what if we started to run out of gas? You know, right. or whatever. They keep throwing just feels, new obstacles. But, but it feels authentic. In you know, yeah. it doesn't yeah, feel yeah, yeah. like sometimes when we're watching things like oh, the writers just, you know, I don't know. Like maybe we've just seen too many movies. But sometimes now I think we are a little more likely to not see all those things as like fresh and exciting. Sure. But they just they do right. they did feel that way in Speed, and of course Sandra Bullock. Yes, so I good. Mean, and this oh was, God. she'd already oh. done a handful of movies, including Demolition Man, but this was really the movie that makes her a giant yeah. star. Yeah, oh, she's so cute in Demolition Man, too. And I so appreciate the fact that all of the kind of action in the movie is all rooted in character. Like the screenplay by, I think, Graham Yost, like really establishes Keanu Reeves as a character, really establishes Jeff Daniels, really establishes Sandra Bullock, really establishes Dennis Hopper, and then like. Everything that happens stems from who they are as people. It, they're not just little right. placeholders right. to act out pre-visualized beats. Yes, you know? exactly. Right, right. Now, earlier I said, when did Michael Douglas become so good at this certain role? Yeah. Dennis Hopper. Same thing. <laughs> I mean, he'd been <laughs> a lunatic hop. forever. Yeah. His career goes up and down. Uh, I mean, Blue Velvet is when people are yeah. like, oh, he's our great crazy guy. Yeah. But he makes Hoosiers that same year and he gets nominated for an Oscar for Hoosiers playing a normal kind of drunk guy. (laughs) Speed is the movie that makes him the go-to villain, I think, for the 90s. Okay. uh, Because he's so great. And Speed and people remembered like, oh, Dennis Hopper's a great villain. Let's hire him to play every villain. Right, right. Including uh, Waterworld. And oh, Super Mario Brothers, I guess, would have been before this. Yeah, Waterworld. We just watched the trailer for yeah, that. Yeah, we did. Smash cut, about, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, that was awesome pre-show. God, and the crowd was so into it. That was yeah. super fun. Yeah, yeah. Again, before Valley Girl. We mentioned that earlier. Um, wish more people were in Chicago area and could come and check that out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it'll be fun to see Speed with everyone. Yeah. Everyone who is with us from across wherever, right? Like, that'll just be... I'm excited. I haven't watched it in a long time, so I'm excited to... Has Charlie seen it? Yeah. He okay. watched it on his own. Like, oh. one night, I think we were at a smash cut, and he was here by himself, and he, like, put it on his TV and watched it and loved it. He was, oh, my god. He's gosh. actually going to miss it on Saturday, and he's oh, very upset about that. Oh, my God. He got right. invited to a party, and he was very upset that he was going to miss Speed, because oh. he loves Speed. Can we move the time for him? Yeah, no problem. Okay, yeah. No <laughs> Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> uh, my number three... Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my three is Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Which was on your list. Yeah, that was my seven. I think it had moved up. I think that was part of my shuffle. And again, it could, you know, who knows? I don't know. If I watched everything like in one day in a row, maybe everything would change. I don't know. But I think I'm comfortable with that seven. But talk to, talk to me about Shawshank. I think in a different year, Shawshank could have been oh, one. Right. I know. Like that's how good it is, well, and I think it's two. easy to, <laughs> I think it's easy to be cynical about Shawshank because it got played to death on TNT, because it was voted number one on IMDb as the greatest movie of all time by you know the users of IMDb, and so of course there's going to be a little bit of eye rolling and a uh. little bit of like, well, it's not that good, but then you watch it and you're like, holy shit, no, it is that good, yeah. 
uh, it manages to be like a feel good movie that is mostly feel bad. Right. Like so yeah. much of the movie yes. is like, oh, this is really hard to watch. This is such a downer. But the ending pays oh, it off. Yes. And it also makes you, again, I, I feel like we need to get back to movies that maybe they still do this. I don't know. But like you're watching the movie and you're really starting to empathize with people that you wouldn't maybe normally. And you're starting to think about what an experience is like that you've never had and that you've always made assumptions about, but you don't really know much about. And and I know it's just a movie, but still you're going, oh, okay, here's what these guys are going through and here's yeah. what they have to do. And oh, this happens and it's so easy to just discard their humanness and they're just a number or a being a, a thing almost, right, right in, in prison. And um, I, you know, we are busy people at this stage in our life. I mean, everyone's busy, but like, you know, there's different stages of life and we are in a busy one, right? Working and with kids and schedule is crazy. And so there's a thing that we notice that certain movies will take my attention away from the 500 other things that I have to do every day. And this was one of them. Yeah, for sure. Did you notice when oh, yeah, I just yeah, like yeah. I always all the, yeah, <laughs> like got so locked in yeah. and I just did not want to look at anything else or think about anything else. Yeah. And I even asked myself inside my head, like, what is it exactly that is so captivating that I just did not want to look away for a second? I mean, it's, I don't know. It just every the story, the screenplay, their performances, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the look score of is it, great. The, the cinematography is great, every performance is great, but it all works together and just yeah. hooks you in. Again, it's old fashioned, and we yes. tend to say things are old. I mean, it's old fashioned in that it's set in the fifties and sixties. Uh, it's old fashioned because I, I notice that I tend to call things old fashioned when it's like everyone doing their job to the best of their abilities, because that doesn't happen. With regularity anymore, oh. but it used to okay. be the standard. Yes, yes. everyone right. was on their A game. Yes, and now it's like you're kind of surprised when that happens. And Shawshank is such a great example of that. And it's amazing to me that like Frank Darabont had made some TV movies and he'd written screenplays. Obviously, he'd been mostly a genre guy, and this is his first like theatrical feature. This is what he comes out of the gate wow. with. Wow, wow! And it's like astounding to me. It's wild too how. Over the years, that movie was quoted. I mean, even that was a movie that not recently at all, like not since TikTok and not in the, you know, but like the the time period right before this current generation, yeah. I guess, I still had students who they, that's one that they had oh, watched okay. with their parents or they were, yeah. And yeah. that like surprised me a lot yeah. because there's so many films that I'm like, wait, you've never heard of it. But Shawshank Redemption always broke through. Um and God, the score is so good yeah. too. Um, yeah, it's great. I don't know. It's, it's it's better than I remembered it being. You know, I just yeah, was me, yeah. blown away by it. I felt the same way. Yeah. Uh, top two. Number two for you Pulp Fiction. is Pulp Fiction, a little higher on my list. So oh, we'll okay. talk about it. Oh, my gosh. We'll do. What's number two for you? We'll do my two and then my one, and we'll, then we'll do okay. my one. Okay. <laughs> so my two is Ed Wood. Which we did yes. not have a chance to rewatch. This uh, is one I said I would have liked to have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and this is one, I mean, it really is like personal preference. For sure. Because there are other movies that we could point to that we could say like, well, this is objectively better maybe, but it's not about making a cheap B movie in the 1950s, which is like something that I'm in love with. And I love the time period and I love, you know, these kinds of movies 
Tim Burton loves all of these sort of misfit characters. Uh, JB wrote an article this week at fthismovie.com about Ed Wood and said something that I've always agreed with, which is that this is Tim Burton's best movie. Um, and I completely agree. We have a podcast on Ed Wood with special guest Kay Lynch from the Salem Horror Film Festival. So go back and listen to that podcast uh, if you want to hear me gush about Ed Wood for an hour. But <laughs> I, I just think always. it's a pretty perfect movie. All right. And my number one is your number two. Okay. And that's Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Literally nothing to say. I'm so bored by putting I, Pulp Fiction at number one. I felt the same <laughs> way of having it number two. And again, as I was like moving stuff around, I'm like, is Pulp Fiction still my number two? So that was my other one. Kind of like Forrest Gump, where it's like, when I saw it in the 90s, it was, you know, life-changing. Well, it's kind of like what you were saying was, about Clerks, in yes, terms of like, yes, this is something brand new, yes. this changed the culture, yes. this feels like something out of the 70s, yes. where it's like, oh, this isn't a movie for my parents anymore, even though right. my parents went to see it. Right, yeah. My- <laughs> it started my obsession. Well, my obsession with Tarantino had already started yes. with Reservoir Dogs. But, but like, this was Pulp the start for rewarded, a lot of yes, people. Yes, yeah. for sure. And it rewarded your obsession, you were going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Right. It's a masterpiece. It's just like boring to I talk know, about and boring to pick at number one because like, yeah, of course it's Pulp Fiction. It's 1994. <laughs> like Pulp Fiction was the movie of that year. So yeah, even at my number two, I was struggling because yeah, Shawshank, even Quiz Show like moving up or onto my list, you know, and then the fact that Crooklyn's at number six like seems low to me, but then, you know, the paper I love so much, Speed is still there, whatever. So Pulp Fiction is definitely like, I can't deny what it did in the 90s and what I felt watching it and what it inspired in my interests. Yeah. Um, and I still think it's great. So I don't want to do the thing, right? I don't want to be the contrarian. Right. I don't right. want to exactly. go like, well, now right. I liked it too much, so now I'm not going to like it. Like, no, that's not fair. Still let it stand as its yes. thing, right? Um, although I, it's not like our favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, which, no? again, that doesn't matter, though. We're in 1994. This is the list. Right. Shouldn't be thinking about all this stuff anyway. <laughs> Still, it did feel like, oh, gosh, of course, you know, it's right, here, right? Right. So, but now we do have a podcast about Pulp Fiction, right? We do not. There what? is no Pulp Fiction podcast. What? Yeah. Let's do it. Crazy, right? No, really? Why not? Adam do Risky you... wrote about it this week, so definitely yes. go to com. Read Adam Risky's okay. 15 Things About Pulp Fiction, because this is one of his absolute favorite movies For of all time. For sure. Uh, so he is the guy you want to hear talk about Pulp Fiction. Maybe you guys will eventually record about yeah, it. Yeah, probably. Okay. Pro- we've done Adam, clear your Tarantino schedule. movies. For March. Uh, I, I'm sure we have to do some <laughs> shitty movie first. Uh, we have to do <laughs> What's Street your... Fighter or whatever the fuck else we <laughs> podcast about. Anyway, your number one is like one of the most important movies to you of all the movies. Oh, my God. Am I going to start crying? Yeah. No. So we're at my number one. Your number one. And this is your number one secretly. Correct. Right. Okay. We're back. My number one in my heart, but we're not on my back list. Um, can I play like five seconds of a song? If you have to. I know you don't like this. My laptop is about to run out of battery. <gasps> okay. Did that pick up? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> Hoop Dreams, 1994 documentary. <laughs> I don't know if I can talk about this. Yeah. No, I, come on. Now let's, put let's all be... of your feelings about Hoop Dreams into just a few minutes. Okay, great. Great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening who maybe don't know, Hoop Dreams is one of my favorite movies ever. And favorite documentaries, but favorite movies ever, because just like Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel always championed and said, it is a picture. That's what they say on, on their show. It is a picture. It's not just documentary. It should be nominated for Best Picture because it is a picture. Um, Hoop Dreams is, God, it's uh, Steve James, 
and the Kartemkin crew, you know, there were three young guys making this documentary. It started out, it was supposed to be like a 30-minute PBS special about kids and their dreams of playing basketball. And they went to the inner city of Chicago and checked out some playgrounds. And they, you know, interviewed a bunch of kids, I think. Definitely more than just Arthur Agee and William Gates. But they kind of just felt something pull them more to those kids. And then they had to go meet their families and get permission from their families to, hey, we're going to record you guys for a while. And it didn't end up just being this 30-minute PBS special. Um, I like to believe, and this is based on things that I've read and heard, and then also based on my own fiction. So I'm making up part of it. <laughs> but it's So it's it's based on true like interviews with the filmmakers and then my heart, which is like, <laughs> I like to believe that these filmmakers, again, at the time... Um, you know, Gordon Quinn is uh, Steve James and um, Frederick Marx, right? And Peter Gilbert. Peter Gilbert. I'm missing them. So they're all involved. Um, they're young guys. I like to believe that they just sort of had this calling. Like they felt – they've kind of said that. Like they just felt that they had to keep going. And so they kept filming and it wasn't a 30-minute thing. And they follow these boys for uh, the better part of five years or so. In the film, we see all of high school, basically. Um, and there's so much. I mean, I could talk about this forever. And I think we recorded a podcast on it a long time ago. And I felt, when we did your favorite movie, yeah, we've never done just a hoop dream show, but well, we did. Then maybe we should. When we did your favorite <laughs> movies in the run up to the first F this movie fest. Okay. I think. All right. Maybe. Yeah. I just, I, think you I remember thinking it. like, oh gosh, I, there, that wasn't enough. And even yeah. right now, and you're telling me, is it really going to die? It really is. Well, go get a plug. No, it's fine. Keep go going. get the plug. Okay. Um, so they follow these boys and their families. And, and that's the thing. Like, it's about their families, too. You know, from the start, I always say this to my students. Like, this movie's called Hoop Dreams. You see a kid dribbling a basketball. You think this is a movie about basketball. And it's really not about basketball at all. Basketball's like a main player. Ha <laughs> ha, player. Um, you know, it's the, it's the backdrop. But it's about two families in America. And Ebert says this so much better. So read everything that Ebert ever wrote about this movie. There's so much. Um uh, you have a review, which I'll be getting to later, maybe off the podcast on the site. Wink, wink. Um, but it's a movie about families growing up in the city and trying to make it. And what happens when you, like, you know, have a setback and, and how do you keep going? And some people don't, right? We know in life right now that some people just don't figure it out. They want to quit. They want to give up. And these two young boys did not give up. Um, it's real fly-on-the-wall filmmaking. They just kind of follow them. And you get to see so much. And as Ebert and Siskel famously said multiple times on their show, no one could have written it, right? The things that happened for real to these boys and their families, its you, no one would have written it. And and just I remember Gene Siskel talking about, you know. Red Rock West. The, <laughs> there you go. Um, I remember Siskel talking about. When the boys are in, you know, important games and they're shooting a free throw and everyone feels, even like non-sports people, right? You feel like the drama of that if you need to make the shot and need to get the point. But when you're watching this and you don't know about these boys and their lives and all of the hopes and dreams that their families are putting on them and how basketball is sort of going to be maybe this ticket to something else. And so the the anticipation and the drama and the the feeling that you get watching them play and take those shots, it's so different than anything else and anything that could be fiction or written and it's just incredible and there are some pieces of music in this film that i don't think anyone ever talks about but the score to me it like if you just played it right now a certain part i could just like cry and die like <laughs> just thinking about how meaningful it is it's in chicago it just it oh my gosh are we really running out of time it's so great if you like documentaries and you haven't seen it you need to see it if you like movies about people and 
their lives. Yes. <laughs> if you it like really is movies. one of like the definitive movies of 1994. Yes. Yeah. And and you know Ro- Roger Ebert's famous quote about empathy in the movies like that's it's this is it's hoop dreams and. You can learn so much from Hoop Dreams, even not about the boys and their families. But gosh, I've had the fortune. I've been able to go to screenings and meet uh, Peter Gilbert. I've met. Uh, you just met the other guy. Who's the other guy? The car time. I, Gordon Quinn. Yeah, I yeah, met yeah. Gordon Quinn for the first time and yeah. I was fangirling and he was probably like, wow, this lady. Okay. I mean, he <laughs> was trying super, to sell you on he, his next yeah, He was super nice to me, but yeah. I'm like, um, yeah, and I've met Peter Gilbert and I think Frederick Marx. I've met him, but I've met Arthur Agee now more than once. And he is so kind and so willing to talk about he during the pandemic, even like, um, you know, wrote something for so I could read it to my students. Um, I have not met William Gates yet, but I'm not giving up on the dream. Every time if you're I- listening and you're sitting next <laughs> to Spike Lee, please okay. tell, oh. tell each other that <laughs> Eric loves you both. Please, please. Oh, no, because I just honestly, it's about they made a choice to say, yes, you can follow us. And then it was put out for the world. And that's not hard. And they have, you know, it's not easy. Not, right. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, that is not easy. Cut that out. That is not easy. And it's they have decided to, you know, keep talking about it. And that's difficult. Like, you know, they're raising families. They have kids. They have a lot of stuff going on. Um, But they still will talk about Hoop Dreams and the impact it had in their life. And I appreciate that, you know, we went to the screening of the documentary that just came out last year called Subject. And Arthur Agee was on the panel. So that's another time I got to meet him at the Music Box in Chicago. And again, just so lovely to talk to him. And he always remembers that I teach the film and then I have students who learn about it through me. And it's so sweet when he's like, Erica Bromley. (laughs) And he knew who you were from my photos. And oh, my gosh. It was like... He knew your beard. Oh, it was so great. Anyway, he's like, Patrick, there's my man. I'm like, oh my gosh. But so Arthur, it's like, I, it's so nice of them to continue talking about it and sharing these things. And um, I forget what I was going to say, but basically they're great and I appreciate them. And I am lovingly, like in a non-creepy way, stalking William Gates on his social media, just hoping that one day he'll be like, I'm in the suburbs of right, Chicago right, today right, right. and oh I could talk to you <laughs> no but it's great and it's lovely to see he and his wife and their family too and all of their successes and Arthur and his family it's just great and Arthur's mom is an amazing heroine in the movie I mean Siskel and Lieber talked about this a lot especially Siskel that like what the mom goes through and how she sort of transforms what's happened in her life into something successful which his mom is still alive and has been like killing it doing great work her entire life it's amazing like it's just i love this movie i love the layers you could teach this in like a political science or an economics or class or like a you know what i mean you a government class you could teach any subject you could study this probably maybe not science i don't know i don't (laughs) know i could think of something um but it really is just a great layered look at life in america yeah yeah love it Hoop um, dreams. Let's run down your ten to one real quick. Okay. Go ahead. Hoop dreams. Number one. Okay. That's well, it. Go from ten. That's to all one. I'm talking. Oh okay. wow. That's number ten. It. it could happen to you. Number nine. Quiz show. Number eight. Clerks. Number seven. Shawshank Redemption. Number six. Crooklyn. Number five. Forrest Gump. Number four. The Paper. Number three. Speed. Number two. Pulp Fiction. And number one. Oh my gosh! If you've never seen it, please watch it. No distractions. It's worth every single minute. It's like three hours long or longer. It's the best ever. Hoop dreams. Um, my number 10 is The Getaway. <laughs> Hoop James. <laughs> my number nine is The Hudsucker Proxy. Number eight, Red Rock West. Number seven, Speed. Number six, Heavenly Creatures. Number five, Quiz Show. Number four, Natural Born Killers. Number three, The Shawshank Redemption. Number two, Ed Wood. And number one, Pulp Fiction. Uh, thank you, Bew, for doing this with me. I, I enjoy this show every year. I 
great. We had so much fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm going to reorder my list now, though. So I hope that everyone record? joins us on Saturday for F This Movie Fest starting at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Go to FThisMovie.com for more details. If this is your first time hearing about F This Movie Fest, it's tons of fun. It's so fun. You can read the whole schedule, the lineup, the rules, everything at FThisMovie.com. And I want to emphasize that it's okay. If you've never done it before, just jump in. We yeah. are like super welcoming and it's not like a thing where you have to know all the things. Like no. just jump in and check it out and yeah. say hi. Or if you're, some people tell us later like, oh, I was there and reading all the tweets, but I never yeah, said yeah, hello. Yeah, like yeah. definitely say hello. At least yes. tweet hi, right. say something, right? You'll yeah. be amazed super at how fun. many people will chime in and be like, hi, welcome. You know, because yeah, everybody's great. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we will see you all on Saturday. Happy 1994 week. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.